Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. Big episode today. Um, last week, we had Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Kay call in and uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, the 30 for 30 long gone summer as well as the negotiations between the MLB and the MLB, MLBPA. Well, yesterday, we finally got uh, well, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so yesterday is in Monday. Uh, Monday, we got some great news. There's going to be baseball. Finally, thank God, um, they determined, finally, those, oh my God, just like the worst negotiators on both sides, humanly possible. I pray to God, the people negotiating for this resumption of play or the start of this season because of the coronavirus. I really hope that these people are not in charge of negotiating for the collective bargaining agreement that expires after the 2021 season. I really, really hope that that is not the case because the people who were negotiating these contracts, I mean, good Lord, it, it, was, it was terrible. They came to the agreement... That was proposed in March. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) This was just supposed to be a little bit of an intro. Um, But not only do we have uh, uh, that to talk about, but at the end of the episode, uh, or towards the end of the episode, another interview. The second professional athlete in just as many weeks. This time, it is NCAA champion, two-time NBA champion and current Los Angeles Lakers guard forward Danny Green. Amazing interview. Uh, He was great. I had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was just a blast talking to him. Um, And I'm I'm really happy that he was able to uh, take some time out of his day to, to talk to me about the NBA restart and things going on with with Kyrie and people who want to sit out and a little bit about uh, just the Lakers and the upcoming postseason. Uh, so awesome interview with him. Stick around if you want to listen to that. And we got we got some baseball, and then we got NBA talk with uh, with Los Angeles Lakers Danny Green. So really really awesome episode. And uh, let's let's get right into it. The as I was saying before, I got a little sidetracked. The MLB is back, sixty game season, and it, it it's just really frustrating uh it, it was just super super frustrating um it's a 60 game season in the they haven't technically they agreed upon it but nothing's been I guess signed yet uh but a 60 game season opening day around July 24th so right before the NBA starts up again and I assume the NHL um 10 team playoff format it is like they had this deal in place in March, back with my interview with Anthony, he mentioned that they had uh, a deal back in March before they pulled it. This is the deal I believe he was referring to. Um, Jeff Payson, Major League Baseball has asked the MLB Players Association if players can report to camp by July 1st and will sign off on health and safety protocols. The union has been asked to respond by 5 p.m. Tuesday, uh, which is actually in an hour of when I'm recording this. Uh, in other words, MLB is planning on a season. It's just very, it's very frustrating um, about what 
the negotiations, I mean, if this is something that was proposed back in March and now it's finally agreed, they went back and forth, back and forth. Each side kept rejecting the other side's deals. And then uh, I think this was this was the doing of Rob Manfred. He finally said it was it, it was in his hands and he said, okay, we're going to do the agreement we had back in March. Is that cool with everyone? And I guess everyone said, okay. Do not get me wrong. Um, I am super happy that baseball is is officially, well, for all intents and purposes, officially. We've seen, I, I'm, I've seen tweets and, and media talk about, yeah, they came to an agreement. This was what, like a week ago, two weeks ago? Like, yeah, we came to an agreement. And then, you know, a day later or even however many hours later it is, they're like, just kidding. Uh, turns out there is no agreement. So I really hope that doesn't happen again. And this time it, it sticks. And they just accept that this is what they're doing. Uh, 60 games. 10 teams in the playoffs. And it'll be interesting. I'm glad there is some baseball. Baseball could not have survived. I really don't think they could have survived an entire year uh, without playing a season. Some sort of season. 60 games is going to be incredibly interesting. Obviously, you usually have 162, and this allows for teams to, even if they get off to a cold start, crawl their way back, uh, find their footing. 60 games for baseball is not a lot, obviously. Um, it'll be gone in the blink of an eye. Two months. If they start, They're starting at the end of July, uh, so we're probably still going to have playoff... It's lining up where we're going to have the playoffs in October like every other year. But those final 60 games of the season are usually crunch time for a lot of teams. And August baseball and September baseball are obviously always very intense because it's where teams usually make their moves, uh, trying to slither past people in the standings, wild cards, all that. Every game is going to matter. If you get swept by a division rival, that is going to hurt you tremendously. So a lot of you're not gonna be able to afford a lot of injuries. Um, a lot people, players who go into slumps, pitchers and hitters alike, uh, who can't perform at the highest level, it's gonna severely hurt their team. Um, teams like the Mets, of course, Noah Syndergaard months ago, before I, I think right before the quarantine happened. Uh, or right after the quarantine happened, he had to get surgery. He's out for the year, so that's going to, as far as the Mets are concerned, that's going to greatly hurt him. Um, Jacob deGrom could very well not lose a single game. As for the Yankees, same thing goes for, for Garrett Cole. Uh, I'm, I'm very much, it, it sucks that we just signed him to this mega deal, and the first season he pitches for the Yankees, he suits up in pinstripes, it's cut short. And we're probably only going to get not even half the starts we would have gotten uh, had we played a whole 162-game season. Is what it is. Uh, I think for the Yankees specifically, the 60-game season could really help Judge and Stanton. Um, the past couple years, they have struggled to stay healthy. Giancarlo Stanton specifically, he missed pretty much all of last year. Uh, Judge missed a lot of time the pa over the past two years. He's he's even hurt right now, Judge. I, I don't know what his the update on his injury is, but I remember he he was hurt going into spring training. So that's 
a little worrisome. Uh, hopefully he comes back. He's able to play the whole 60 games. And there's no time for, for slow starts for anyone. Pitchers and, and position players alike. There's no time for slow starts. You gotta hit you gotta come out of the gates hot and you gotta just kind of ride it for, for 60 games. And it's gonna go by in in the blink of an eye. And before you know it, it'll be October. And uh we're gonna have we're gonna have playoffs. And I'm sure those playoffs are gonna be incredibly odd. There's gonna be a lot of teams that probably shouldn't be in it. And I, I like to bring up the Nationals because they they got off to such a, a bad start last year and were able to come roaring back and end up winning the World Series. Things like that aren't going to happen this year in a 60-game season. They just won't. You get off to a bad start and you're floating around somewhere between 500 at the halfway mark. You're like 15 and 16 or 16, 15, 15, 15, whatever it is. If you're floating around that, halfway mark, chances are you're cooked. Uh, this is going to be even more intense than an NBA season. Of course, the NBA is a little different. There's only going to be this. This said, ESPN says it's a it's going to be a five uh, a ten team playoff format. It, it's going to be tough. Um, teams are going to be fighting for spots from the get go, and hopefully. We just get some good baseball, man. I just I just want some baseball. Uh, if I'm living the last two months of summer with baseball, it's something, man. You know, we've gone so far already with nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're at least going to get something. It's a huge step in the right direction. Enormous step in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. It, it's frustrating, though. It is frustrating. You had... All this time, you had this deal in place so many months ago, you know, a couple months ago, three months ago, whatever it is now, and it was pulled. You continued to try to negotiate, and you end up just you coming back around in a full circle, wasting all this time. There's so many variables now because you have the deal in place, allegedly, but now... There are a bunch of, Cuomo said, Governor Cuomo for New York said that the Yankees and Mets can continue training now in New York, um, but there are a bunch of other teams that just had a bunch of uh, coronavirus outbreaks in their camps, uh, the Phillies being one of them. They had five players, I believe it was, that tested positive for uh, COVID-19. Angels, Astros, Phillies, and Blue Jays announced several players and staff members tested positive for COVID-19. MLB ordered all spring training sites closed and disinfected Friday night. So, obviously, that throws a wrench in all the plans. Even if this agreement is uh, agreed upon and July 24th is the set date, there is going to be a lot of precaution thrown into reopening these camps and teams practicing together and having a large these large groups of, of people set up. And, and training together, so it's a lot of variables. Um, of course, this goes throughout all sports. This has The NHL has this problem, the NBA is going to face this problem, and the MLB, uh, when they start up, is, is going to struggle as well. You just do what you can. Um, July 24th is not that long away. It's about a month away, so you're going to have to just 
roll with the punches. You had, unfortunately, after everything was agreed upon, and you had this outbreak with multiple teams. So now it, it just kind of, you know, makes you take a step back a minute and say, wait, wait a second. We struggled all this time trying to get these negotiations together and get on the same page and agree to something. The bigger threat isn't coming to an agreement on how many games and what to pay the players. It's the fact that there is still a virus out there that is infecting people and getting people sick and killing people. So obviously that is the of utmost importance for the MLB and for all these leagues. That's a little bit of a negative outlook, but it's a realistic outlook. If you want to think positive, just be happy that there's finally an, agree- finally an agreement on the table that both sides have shook hands and said, okay, let's do this. All right, let's get into this interview. I know I said at the end of the, at the, end of the episode, um, but I'm just I'm going to put it in here now. <laughs> yeah, it's like halfway in, whatever. It'll probably be a little bit after. Um, again, great interview. He was awesome. Uh, had a lot of fun. So please enjoy. What's going on, everyone? So on today's episode, we got two-time NBA champion and current Los Angeles Laker guard, Danny Green, on the pod. Danny, thanks so much. And also, happy birthday. Turned 33 yesterday, you, right? Man. Yes, I did. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, double congratulations, actually, because you also got engaged last week. That's crazy. I, I Big did, week. I did, a lot of growing up in the month of June, I tell you. A lot of growing up. All right. So... Uh, I wanted to start talking about the uh, the NBA bubble because every time I see a lot of these guys, these reporters always tweeting, they always like tweaking something and it's very mm-hmm. convoluted. And you guys are about a little bit more than a month away from restarting. Uh, the latest of which you guys got these smart rings. I don't like they're supposed to be early detection signs. Um, uh-huh. I saw your teammate Kyle Kuzma tweeting like, "Nah, this is just a way so they can they can track us." Uh, with his That's conspiracy. what most guys think it as. Is it? Yeah. That's what you guys are thinking? I mean, I think most guys are look at it that way. I've heard a lot of the benefits about it, but a lot of guys are looking at it that way as something to monitor what they're doing. But um, I mean, I'll get a look at it and see what's up. But I don't think most guys want to wear it. To be honest with you. Yeah, you think that's going to be a problem with a lot of guys in the league? I don't know about a problem. It's just not something that they're going right. to want to wear. It's, it's not going to be, if it's not mandatory, it's probably, that's not mandatory, but most guys are probably going to be like, no. What is, uh? so explain to me what's the the full deal. Like, what are guys, what's their thinking with the bubble? Like, are they kind of annoyed with how much they have to do? I know there's a, a lot um, of precautions going into it. For sure. I think I think guys understand that too, that it's going to start off strict early um, to set some rules in places so that it has to be. Um, and maybe a little more lenient later, but I think a lot of guys are kind of not looking forward to the bubble because their families, they've been away from their families for two months. They've been with their families for three or four months now. And now they're going into a place where they're not able to get visitors or family members, friends uh, to see them for the first two months. And then after that, I think it's a limited amount of people that can come. But I mean, you know, you have to do what you have to do for to you know, be able to get win a championship, also yeah. you know, get back to work, uh, you know, earn your living, earn your paycheck, uh, but also play the game that you love to play. But uh, obviously the circumstances aren't um, the best. Um, they're not ideal, but 
you know, guys are, are willing to do it and willing to play. But as I said, the bubble is not something that they're excited about or looking forward to. Obviously, they'd rather play under better circumstances with fans in their own arenas, their own town, home cities, um, and be with their family members. But, you know, this is the best way they can do it with being the safest. How do you think that uh, no fans and the fact that there's no home court advantage really, is that going to, how much do you think that'll affect play between every team? For sure, a lot. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. It's going to be like scrimmages, pick up. I kind of like that, though. Me and my friends were talking about that. It's kind of, I I hope they don't pump artificial sound noise into it because I would rather just like hear you guys screaming at each other and and playing like pick up ball. You'll still still hear that even with artificial sound. but uh, I think it'll be good to have some type of noise music because it'll be weird with nobody in the stands, empty. And, um, you know, so the mo- momentum is going to be different. You're not going to have a momentum as a home court team, a home court advantage anymore because there's no fans to cheer you on. But uh, the league is figuring out other ways to try to give uh, higher seeds an advantage. And then uh, so I'm sure they'll figure out something that's fair. Uh, but right now, you know, it's still, I guess, in limbo, I guess, certain things, certain um, rules, certain ideas are still in the works of, of how to get everything perfect, as perfect as they can make it. Yeah, and I want to talk uh, a little hypotheticals with you for uh, the playoffs. You guys are the projected one seed, and that's probably that's not going to change. Um, but you have had, specifically you, have had tremendous success so far uh, in the playoffs. Even going back to college, you are – and I'm throwing some, uh, you probably are aware of this, but I'm throwing some knock facts out there. Knock yeah, on knock wood. on wood. All right, there you go. You are aware of this. Um, I'm not sure how many people listening are, but you are one of three UNC players to win a national title and an NBA finals. Uh, it's you, Michael Jordan, and James Worthy. Game so James, that's yeah. uh, elite company. And then, again, hypothetically, I'll knock on wood again for this. If you and the Lakers win this year. Uh, you and LeBron join, it was John Sally first, and then Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory, as uh, the third and fourth players in NBA history to win a championship with three different organizations. And you would only have mm-hmm. three, three championships, one with a different organization, which I thought, this is really unique. And um, for sure. anyway, for the playoffs, hypothetically, the eight seeds kind of up in the air because they have those playing games or whatever, but you could be looking uh-huh. at a uh, worst case scenario, Blazers, Rockets, and then Clippers, and then whoever you play in the finals from the East. Um, but what teams do you think give you guys the hardest matchup? And is it different coming out of quarantine? Cause you guys were red hot before the season got suspended. Mm. Um, so do you think the quarantine kind of helps you because you're a veteran-based sure. team? I, mean, or is no, it different? I wouldn't say it helps. I don't think the quarantine helped anybody. <laughs> I think it broke a lot of people's rhythm. And, you know, now people are able to have access and practice and have full team chemistry for three or four months. Um, so it didn't help anybody. Um, uh, it helped in the sense that it helped some people get rest. But yeah. at certain points, that, that I said it before, that rest becomes rust after a certain amount of time. So it doesn't help much at all. But... The seeding is going to be interesting. Um, the tougher matchups is going to be um, – I mean, any team is a tough matchup in my mind. That's what makes the playoffs. Um, it's interesting going to see how they're going to do the play-in. Uh, you know, it's going to be exciting entertaining for the people to watch the play-in. Um, but it also comes down to who's the healthiest. You know, we don't know who Portland's going to have back. Everybody should be healthy at this point. But some people are also getting surgery at this point as well. Um, some certain teams, like Utah, you know, Bogdan, He's getting surgery. Uh, LaMarcus is getting surgery. He's going to be out for San Antonio. So that's mm-hmm. tough for them. 
Um, you know, so certain things, certain teams are not having guys go. You know, Davies Raton said he's not going. Trevor Reza said he's not going. Um, we don't know who's going for, with us. Uh, so it all comes down to who's the healthiest, who also has their full roster, uh, who also picks up the better free agents that's out there that, you know, add to your roster. Um, so it's going to it's all going to be interesting type of play, but uh, we won't know until we get down there. And until after the 24th, we'll, we'll figure out who from our team is definitely committed. And then by the 30th, we'll know for sure who we're adding to our roster spots and who we're taking with us. And for for us, we never know. It's going to be interesting because Demarcus is probably 100% healthy now. You know, we get uh, Marcus Cousins. Cousins. Back. Yeah. yeah. I actually saw today he might not he might not uh, sign with anyone. I don't know if you if you saw that, but I don't know if you're obviously you know more than me because you played with him for I, a little I, bit. But. I, I know. I hear a lot of different things. I don't know for sure. He might not sign with. He maybe just might be coming back to sign with us because I think other teams are interested. Um, but he's always been around us. Even when we let him go, he's been with us. He's been working mm-hmm. out at our facility, using our rehab, using our trainer. So uh, maybe he's just want to be with his family. You know, he did have, uh, he did recently have a wife at the beginning of the year and a, a young baby boy. Um, so it's tough for those type of guys to have young babies. And that's why a lot of those guys are deciding not to go. There's some things that are bigger than basketball. And, you know, being with your family, protecting your family or your families in situations that are not safe or, you know, situations you need to handle and be there for. Um, it makes sense for those guys to stay at home. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned a lot of things are bigger than basketball, so I felt feel like that's probably a good segue into uh, everything that's been going on in the world. You have Black Lives Matter. I know you yourself mm-hmm. are uh, in L.A. I saw you at protests and uh, on the front lines of all of that. And, of course, you have Kyrie, the VP of the Players Association, has been very vocal. I personally think that the media – likes to twist Kyrie's words into something that they're not. But For sure. Not just him, but a lot of people. Yeah, That's a lot of people. Does. They find out what they find out, they hear what they hear, and then they kind of run with it. And it was a lot of times, as you hear, a lot of people talk about it, and even I think Denzel made a statement. They're just trying to get the first word out there and not even the, the truthful word out there. Yeah. Um, you know, Back in the day, it used to be more meaningful to get the right facts, and now people are just leaking whatever they hear. Or, you know, it's a lot of it's rumors now. And it's crazy because you'll see rumors on top networks. Uh, but, yeah, Kyrie, top VP, um, had a lot of his words leaked. But continue, I didn't know what the question was. But I was just <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good, yeah, I know. Um, but, no, he was just – he's been very vocal about how he's afraid um, that the NBA restart might not be the best for the Black Lives Matter movement, which is, of course, is in the front of his mind and, and several other – or the majority of NBA players' minds. Um mm-hmm. And a couple of your teammates, Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, also came out supporting him. So you mentioned mm-hmm. you're not sure if they're going to be with you. Uh, I saw Justice Winslow came out and said it's really about the money. He doesn't really like the restart that much either. And uh, most recently, Kendrick Perkins, who was a former player, now he's a media talking head. Uh, he kind of trashed Kyrie and Kevin Durant called him a sellout. So I just want your mm-hmm. thoughts on on all of that because – a lot of times it feels like the media is trying to to split up like, okay, you're either on Kyrie's side or you're on the other side with the rest of the NBA players. And, you know, people are questioning like LeBron, should he speak up? I, I don't know if that's going to make that big. Either. Exactly. I don't think that's making a difference, but is there a divide for, at all? Or is that just like I media? I don't think there's a divide. I just think that so things leak before we're able to move forward as one voice in the unit. I was on that call with Kyrie. 
I was there for the first hour, but because we had, um, you know, a workout, so I couldn't listen to the rest of it or be involved in the rest of it. But I heard the, the call got hijacked and said things get leaked before we were able to come together as a unit. So we talked about a couple of things, discussing a couple of things of how to use our power, how to use um, what's happening right now to our advantage to get some change. And one of the things was, you know, protesting playing. There wasn't like a definite, oh, we're not playing this. A lot of people supported certain things, certain ideas, but once you leak it out, um, then it's a frenzy of, you know, who said this and who's on this side and that side. Um, so I said the media, you know, takes it, runs with it. But, you know, guys are entitled to their opinion. Guys are entitled to it. And said it's, it's a great time to use our voice, use our platforms. Um, there's many ways to do that. And protesting was one of the ideas, but there's also being down there and coming together and doing some things um, is another way of using our platform and protesting to our advantage. Um Kendrick Perkins on the other side, he's just doing his job. And, of course, KD is going to back his teammate because that's what he's supposed to do. Um, but uh, in no way, shape, or form is he a sellout. He's doing his job. You know, he's giving people the inside scoop of what they want to hear, what happens in a lot of – and at the same time, I think he's doing it in a – he's not revealing any crazy secrets. He's mm -hmm. only talking about what's already been put out there. He threatened uh, that. He's like, I can tell you everything that Kyrie's been talking about sure. whatever. But I'm sure. And he has a lot more information than I'm sure he's sharing. <laughs> He's, he knows the code, he knows the line, he knows the boundaries. And uh, I don't think he has yet to cross that line or that boundary to reveal secrets of people or teams or persons that uh, information that they don't want and leaked. You know what I'm saying? It's personal, private, that can affect their life, uh, their family situation or the organizational standpoint where it can hurt their career. Um, so Perk knows what he's doing. So at the same time, you know, KD's going to back his teammates. So that's what he's supposed to do. Um, but then you look at the dynamic of it, it's just it's, it's a lot going on. There's a lot of different sides. I don't think it's a divide. Um, I haven't been able to talk to Dwight. I haven't been able to catch Avery as of late, of recent. Um, but so we don't know for sure, but I, I think, you know, we're, we're in good faith in terms of a lot of our guys, I believe, will be there. Most of our guys, I think 90, 95%, 95% of our guys for sure. Hopefully 100%, but, mm -hmm. you know, there's always, you never know. Some guys speak out, they don't want to do it. Some guys feel like, and so when it comes back to Justice Winslow, I mean, he's not wrong. For a lot of the teams, nobody wants to be in an unfair situation or uncomfortable <clears throat> circumstance. Uh, it's not ideal to live in unless there were some incentives. And for the teams that are not, you know, playoff teams or teams that are not winning a title, they feel like they're, they're not in the you know, contender uh, category. Their incentive is to get their money, um, you know what I'm saying? Get yeah, the money yeah. back that we lost. Um, and not just for this year, uh, people are understanding. The, us playing these games to help us in the future, not just for us, but the kids behind us, the generation, because, you know, negotiations, negotiations are happening and they will happen next year. And if we don't play, things could get bad. Things could get ugly. Um, but they're playing for their, you know, getting the rest of their chips this year and for years to come next year. Um, so that's the incentive. Um, and that's why some guys are leaving their families on sort of, you know, uh, their comfortable situations, uh, even though it's unfortunate. Uh, but there's incentives, and it's, uh, those incentives are for us, obviously we get a chance to also get our money back, but we have a chance to win a championship. Uh, not every team has that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, um, and, and he's not wrong. There's, there's reasons why, and everybody has the reasons why they're going, and a lot of people have the reasons why they're not going. Um, the, the incentives are not good enough for them to go, so the incentives for the other people are you know, great enough for them to put themselves in an uncomfortable situation. And uh, to circle back with the Black Lives Matter, I want to know, like, I, I've always on that camp that you guys could do just mm -hmm. as much, if not more, when you're playing. 
especially mm-hmm. if uh, even if there are people who stop watching the news and stop seeing everything that's going on with the protests and they're watching you guys instead that's a that's a large population all watching you guys and if you like you're un- united and, and you show like that united front i i mm-hmm. personally i think it could invoke just as much change as as pr- a protest can for sure um and i agree with you uh, that's why i'll be down there i'll be yeah. playing um but i won't lose sight of what's the you know the bigger picture um a lot of us understand know what the bigger picture is um you can do all these things while playing and i think while playing in my perspective um not only can you use that platform to help with what the movement's going on now, but the movement for the future. Um, you're able to also help your families, your community, and also the, the young kids behind you that are coming up trying to be NBA players so that they come into a league that's better or it's not as bad. I mean, the league was in a great place for the last five years. You know, uh, we want to kind of keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're getting good contracts, you know, life-changing money that you don't have to worry about it. You have to get a job after basketball. Guys were getting some good money back then, but nowhere near what they were getting in the last five years or so. You know, so um, that right there is, a, is something that we want to extend or carry on for the next generation, the next future NBA players, which will help our communities. Most of the NBA is people from our communities, you know what I'm saying? But using that platform, um, instead of not losing sight of it, not losing focus and pushing it on the major platform where all the media will be at, all the coverage will be uh, to be able to get our voice and that word out there and we can still get changed that way. Um, so there's, there's many ways of doing it, many angles. I'm not knocking or judging anybody else's, but for me, and I'm, cause I'm a media head. So I do my podcast. Yeah, I use yeah. that as my platform right now. It's the only way I feel like I can get it out there as best I can. Inside use the green room, my, right? My, yeah. Inside the green room, my podcast and talking to other people. So that's why I've been doing so many zoom calls, interviews and don't mind talking about this types of things. Cause every platform is important to get the word out of how you feel. And also, of what change needs to happen. And, you know, it comes down to, to us and our communities getting out there voting, doing things little by little and not losing sight of it and, and focusing on uh, pushing uh, our communities for the better and locally and also at the top head office, um, you know, it starts with the White House, but mm-hmm. even the local people that we vote into our offices um, can make a big difference. And it starts with that and, and small differences and also promoting our youth uh, to get into the system, to, you know, get better jobs, or even come in law enforcement so that they're comfortable policing their neighborhoods and you don't have these incidents that have been happening. Okay, Danny, um, I know you're probably sick of hearing it, but I do want to ask um, a little bit about the differences between playing with LeBron and Kawhi. I didn't want to ask this uh-huh. question, but I feel like I kind of yeah. have to. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you guys are the top two seeds in the West. And it's a very realistic scenario where you end up seeing yourselves in the conference finals. Um, mm-hmm. So just, I, and you won two champions. Uh, yeah. Two Kawhi was on that 2014 team, by the way, real quick, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Um, all my friends know this. I scream it from the rooftops. Every time you come up in a conversation about basketball, you should have been the 2013 finals MVP, but Ray sure. robbed that with that corner three and I will never mm-hmm. let it go. I'll never let it go. I know you yeah, run and a lot of people, a lot of people won't let it go. I, I'll <laughs> never forget it or forgive it either, but it's hard to win finals MVP when you lose, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, yeah. had a, we had a fun series. It was great, man. And, um, you know, they they earned it. They they won that one. And next year we we came back a little bit sharper, a little bit more crisp. So it was a tough shot to watch, even still to this day. But you know it, it happened. Yeah. So I think um, so anyway, in that finals, you really made a name for yourself as 
in my opinion, an elite uh, three and D uh, player. And San Antonio rewarded you with a contract there. And then eventually they traded you and Kawhi to Toronto. You won your championship there. So you spent a lot of time with Toronto. Um, I kind of thought for a minute that uh, you and Kawhi were kind of like this dynamic duo. I was like, oh, if Kawhi goes somewhere, I mean, Danny, that's a good chance he might go and, and follow him. But instead you go with mm-hmm. LeBron to LA. Um, and I know you had a previous relationship with LeBron, right? Because you spent that uh, a short amount of your rookie season in Cleveland. Yeah, my rookie year I was LeBron. I got drafted to Cleveland, so I was on my whole rookie year. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah, what do you what do you think are some of the the biggest differences between them on the court and and off the court? Um. I said, I, LeBron was older when I got to Cleveland, so you know he was definitely more mature. And even playing with him now, he's just older, but he's always been a vocal guy. You know, Kawhi came in, he was a youngster coming in. I got to watch him grow into a superstar, you know, which was special. Um, so, and he wasn't as vocal. And being in sense of our system, it's not like you're allowed to be, yeah. you know, that voice. Especially and, with those you know, three Pop guys there already, too, with Pop. Yeah. yeah. Pop was that voice already. And then I would say Timmy Tony Amano uh, followed suit. Um, and said he was a youngster coming up. We had to earn our stripes there. Um, we were, were a tandem. It was, you know, we were trying to be the best defensive, uh, I wouldn't say backcourt or frontcourt. I mean, he obviously is a bigger guard, but we tried to be the best defensive wings in the league. And I think we were at, at one point uh, for a while. And then you know, we learned how to win there. We tried to we bring, tried to bring that to Toronto. And luckily, we, we did. We eventually brought it and, you know, taught, and they have some championship DNA. That team is still playing well and doing good. Shockingly, I don't think anyone expected them to be playing as well as they did after you guys left. For sure. And then, I mean, Obviously, free agency happens, and of course, you would like to be in the same situation, change your team. And I love you know playing with Kawhi, but sometimes it'll work out that way. Mm-hmm. Teams cap yeah. space this that, and other. Um, but you know, you go to the best situation that's best for you and your family, and for you to win. Um, he felt like for him, you know, he liked the Clippers, and he likes to compete against the best. You know, he didn't want to join forces with LeBron and AD. I think he wants to compete against those guys and then try to win. Me as well. I want to compete against the best as well, and also put myself in position to win a championship too. So. I thought L.A. was the perfect place. And, and lucky for me, I got everything that I wanted, you know, going into free agency. Mm-hmm. You know, people set these goals. Um, I was right where I wanted to be and, and got the contract that I wanted to have. You know what I'm saying? So I and was you deserved. extremely happy. Appreciate that, man. I was extremely happy. Uh, but on and off the court, you know, Kawhi and Bron, and Kawhi's grown in to be more vocal and more of a leader. Uh, but so Kawhi's more reserved, um, you know, to himself off the court. Even on the court, Lamar but talks more in the locker room. Mm-hmm. LeBron is more of an outspoken social guy. Uh, likes to hang out, big goofball. Um, <laughs> you know, Kawhi has his moments, but you know, Bron's a big kid, but definitely more outspoken, more social. And and then it kind of carries over to the court. But they're you know, both great players, man. They know when to lock in. They're both uh, mentally tough guys, uh, freaks of nature. Yeah. And you know, and know how to win. So that's why it's a it's a great comparison. The only thing is, is it'd been interesting to see. It's LeBron is not say 10 years past his prime, but, you know, he's almost 10 years older than Kawhi. He was 35, Kawhi's what, 27, 28? Uh, yeah, so, I think, yeah, he's like 28, I think, now. Yeah, he's brother's coming we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out in a week how old he is. So he'll, he'll, he'll turn whatever age they'll, they'll mention it, about a week or so. <laughs> yeah. I know his birthday's a week after mine, but, you know, it, the only thing is that Bron's 35. He's still playing at a high level when people try to compare it like he's in his prime, but we know he's not – the same problem he was when he was 27, 28, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Just an athletic freak. He's still athletic, um, but he's not as, you know what I'm saying, doing as crazy as he was when he was a youngster. Um, so it would be more interesting to see them both match up in their primes. But even now, because Bron is doing it so 
at a level crazy at 35, 17 years later, um, that they still can compare them and think like, you know, it's a fair comparison, even though the age difference, you know what I'm saying, gap. But LeBron's been doing it for so long, for, you know, 15 years plus of, you know, being one of the greatest players on the planet. Um, But, yeah, they they have a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, uh, both fun to play with, both make the game easier. Um, But, obviously, you know, I've always been a Bron fan before I got into the league, still a Bron fan now. And Kawhi's my brother, so it's hard to, but, you know, I'm I'm with the guy that's on my team right now. So, Bron and AD, those are my guys. And um, obviously, Bron's had a hell of a year. And um, so I think they both make their teammates better in different ways. They're both very cerebral guys, but they express it and let it carry over in different ways. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun playing uh, in the situation that I am now. Yeah. And I'm enjoying yeah. it. And it's, uh, you, your career is very interesting to me because, I mean, it's no secret that you struggled to find your footing in the league uh, for a few years. And then you found your place in San Antonio with a team that already had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. And then all of a sudden Kawhi comes in and turns into be this, this guy who ends up being a centerpiece of a franchise. You go to Toronto with him, kind of the same thing. And now you're playing with LeBron. Uh, so you, you've been fortunate to have a lot of really great teammates, but you yourself have been, I think, uh, you've been an excellent, if not elite, kind of 3 and D player, as I said. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys compete, uh, especially this year for the Lakers. I'm rooting for them more than ever. With of course the passing of Kobe, which I think that was awful for everybody involved, uh, fans and family. So I think I think it's uh more more years than others. A lot of people are going to be rooting for you guys to uh, to bring the championship I hope back. So. I mean, it helps when they're in the building, but when they're not in the building. Um... Yeah. It's a little tougher to get that momentum and feel that love atmosphere, but I hope so, man. And then, you know, hopefully we can not let them down. And, you know, we've got to do our jobs and we're working out every day. I think individually guys are on top of it and understand what's at stake. That's an incentive for us to go there because we know we have an opportunity to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just about checks and money, but we know we can win a championship. That Instead of it was about checks and money, Bron wouldn't need to go. He wants to win another championship. And then AD wouldn't need to go with those guys have enough in the bank and we'll continue to have more than enough in the bank yeah. to be able to be just fine and take care of their families. But those guys want to win a championship when they first won. So we'll see who's up to bat and wants to come to battle, man, and win a championship with us. Um, if not, so we still understand, but you know, these are the times they to get in the trenches. All right, Danny. Uh, absolutely awesome having you on. I really, really appreciate it. Go out there, go for the chip. I'm rooting for you guys. And uh, I hope it all, it all goes according to plan. And you guys stay safe, of course, and all that, and try and have some fun. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I really do. All right, once again, that was Los Angeles Lakers guard, Danny Green, two-time NBA champion, uh, hopefully three. He was awesome. Like I said, uh, really enjoyed talking to him and uh, discussing the NBA restart and uh, more importantly and more seriously, Black Lives Matter and a lot of the uh, the things that are going on that intertwine both the NBA and Black Lives Matter. It was really, really interesting talking to him. Had a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to follow him on social media, he is Green Ranger 14 on Instagram and on Twitter he is dgreen underscore 
14. Uh, he also has his own podcast. If you want to go check that out, Inside the Green Room, he mentioned it. Uh, we mentioned it briefly during the interview. So go give that a listen. Very cool. Um, always interesting to hear about the NBA from NBA players. So, yeah, had a lot of fun with uh, this interview, man. And we'll, we'll see where this podcast goes from here. Uh, back-to-back interviews with professional athletes. I don't know. It's a pretty good two-week stretch there. I got to give myself a little pat on the back for that one. But it, it, it's been fun. A lot of interesting things, too. You know, these aren't just interviews where uh, they're not like normal interviews, given the, the times that we live in right now uh, with the virus and the fact that there aren't currently any sports going on. So they're, they're definitely a different, a different kind of interview than I was ever used to, to doing. This is me dating myself back to, to college, just interviewing college athletes, uh, collegiate athletes. It's different. You know, you ask them a lot. You kind of stay focused on the season and their play and, and individual games whenever you're inter- interviewing them or uh, usually just about the sport. This is a bit different. Yeah, there's there's some some uh, sports talk about them with, you know, I asked him, Danny about Kawhi and LeBron and and just like expectation with the Lakers and, and all that, but it's an unusual time we live in, so the interviews are always definitely uh, unique. And that's not even just with this one. If you go and listen to a lot of interviews that are going on right now, Danny has done a bunch of interviews with a bunch of uh, very talented people, um, both current and former NBA players and media people alike. And he's very in tune with the media world. He was a communications major at UNC, which... I didn't mention, but he mentioned, you know, he's he's very in tune with the media, and that's why. Uh, so he always had an interest in, in broadcasting and all that. So he, he very much understands media heads and why they, it is they do what they do and, and all that. So it was cool hearing from him with all of that, man. It was, it was really just a, a fun time. Uh, it's been a, a good couple weeks. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed doing it, and I hope... Everyone else listening is uh, is interested in, in what I've had to say with these conversations I've had with these players. Um, so I'm going to actually wrap it up this episode. We had the, the talk about the return at MLB. Awesome. Something to look forward to. As well as the upcoming NBA season, which, again, a little bit more than a month away. Hope you all enjoyed. Um, I don't really say this a lot but I feel like I should at this point rate comment and subscribe to the pod if you have not I haven't said that at the end of an episode in god knows how long Uh, but please do so if you're new here and you're listening to these please rate it please subscribe and if you want to go ahead and leave a comment also very much appreciate it thank you all for listening and have a great weekend I will talk to you all next Wednesday, which is the first day of July. So see you all in July.
If you gon' run it up, that's all on you. You know I ain't ballin', usual like Kobe. Ooh, worry about a hater that don't know me. He say that he tough, then that boy gotta show me. Show up in the truck, extra pause, and we fall deep. Say my name three times like I'm talking.